The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what I did was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Welcome to the day one recap of the NFL draft. And what a day it was. We had nine trades. We had Marquise Brown. Nine trades. Nine tie. A player was. I don't traded remember there being tie. nine trades. <laughs> uh, the first five picks were all defensive players. Six wide receivers were drafted in round one, but none by Green Bay and none by Kansas City. AJ Brown was traded. Marquise Brown was traded. And only one quarterback was drafted. And the craziness will continue on Friday, which is today. Uh, when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are on the clock with the first pick of round two. Welcome to the show. Adam Azer and Dave Richard here. Jamie Eisenberg is on CBS Sports HQ. He will be joining us very shortly. We're going to rank the rookie wide receivers. We're going to talk about everything, obviously, everything you need to know. But I think a lot of time is going to be spent on Marquise Brown going to Arizona and A.J. Brown going to Philadelphia. Unbelievable. And A.J. Brown gets a brand new contract, averaging $25 million per year. Whew, Dave. This was fun, and this was great, and I can't wait to break it down. Fast-paced round one. Never felt... It it felt a little slow early on with the defensive players going off the board so soon. And, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of fantasy implications, obviously. Mm -hmm. But the two two takeaways I've got is, one, there were more losers than winners tonight. And Mm -hmm. one of those losers will be fantasy managers. We're looking at a really (laughs) tough season ahead. Because all these loaded teams, do they really have enough targets to go around? And then the teams that aren't loaded, well, or maybe they're loaded, but they've got a bad quarterback. Are we going to feel good about taking players from those teams? So there's going to be a lot of work that has to be done. What are you talking about this with the second one? Uh, I'm thinking about a team like, let's say Pittsburgh, just for the sake of argument, Detroit kind of came to my mind, mm-hmm. where they've got good receivers, but there's a question mark at quarterback. So how do you feel about these pass catchers when they've got somebody under center that's either new to the team or was really not great for much of the prior season slash several seasons? Um, Big question marks in New York with the Jets. They add Garrett Wilson. He was my favorite receiver. Now I'm not going to be as high on him, especially this coming year, because I don't know if there's enough to go around, and I'm not sure if the quarterback is that great. So that's the one thing. The other thing is that there's also going to be kind of this weird log jam at the end of round three. I think there's going to be players that are going to be there from Kyle Pitts to Michael Thomas, to DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin. You're going to be happy to have those guys on your team. You know, you're going to start them each week, but they've got some warts and it, it makes, it might make you feel like, well, I wish I could get them in round four instead of round three, or I wish I could get them in round five instead of round four. And so there, I think there's going to be like a pretty, 
pretty serious tier drop off once you get close to the end sure. of round three in drafts. I think I we've been talking about that in the drafts that we've done pre-NFL draft that it seems like right in the middle of round three. And I feel like we, this happens every single year. I feel like there are about 30 players that we really, really like. And then after that, it's it's not so great. Yeah. I usually get that sense right around 50th to 60th overall. I, I don't usually get it around 40th overall. Oh, I get it around 30th, 30th but in a different sense. I mean, you're talking about potential elite players. I don't really... I know that there will be some in rounds four and five or around you know, 50th overall, whatever. But I sure. don't sit there and, oh, unless it's a quarterback. I don't sit there and go, oh, well, I got an elite player. But, you know, once like the Aaron Jones and and uh, Javante Williams will be part of that mix. Once, that, once we get to the middle of round three, those guys are off the board. You're going to start taking Saquon Barkley. You're going to start taking Michael Thomas, like you mentioned. Warts, warts, for sure. All right, anyway, Dave, um, best thing I heard all night. I didn't know this. You may have known this. When Baltimore selected center Tyler Linderbaum, who just fits beautifully for them, uh, 25th overall, ESPN noted that he made $30,000 in NIL money last year. He donated it all to an Iowa Children's Hospital. That was awesome. It was very cool. And a great moment for him. Congratulations. Going to the Baltimore Ravens, where you will be run blocking quite a bit. so I do want to, you know, it's about the rookies tonight. So before we get into the the two wide receiver trades, tell me which draft pick was the best one for fantasy purposes. Well, when Traylon Burks went to the Titans after they traded AJ Brown, I think that that made it kind of obvious. This is the this is the wide receiver that stepped into the biggest opportunity. I think um, certainly with a decent quarterback in Ryan Tannehill and. You just you you just keep getting the sense that the Titans just want to beat you over the head with physicality, and Burks is perfect for that. And I think Burks can he's not going to do what AJ Brown necessarily did, but he might be a healthier version of AJ Brown. He's certainly a bigger version of AJ Brown. He can make plays after the catch like AJ Brown. I think there could be a nice amount of targets for him as a potential number one receiver for the Titans. So in, in I don't I haven't made a decision on Dynasty yet, so don't ask me about Dynasty. But in redraft full PPR, he's my number one. Okay. So I, I think that that was probably the best pick. And then before he went to the Titans, I would have told you Drake London was in the best spot because I thought that Drake London going to Atlanta to be the other twin tower with Kyle Pitts, I don't think there's going to be a third receiver that's going to be very good this year, maybe ever in Atlanta, as long as those two are together. And as for this year with Mariota there, the, the best thing they could have done for Mariota was to, to get a big, tall, wide receiver with a huge catch radius where all Mariota has to do is just throw it a foot above his head, and he's going to be taller than every cornerback he lines up against anyway. He can come down with the ball just like Pitts can. So they're probably just going to contest and catch their way down the field, play a little NBA-style football. Okay, and let's hope that Marcus Mariota can recapture some of his, uh, two th- I think it was 2016 ma- uh, magic. Yeah, he yeah. was his second year. Yeah, yeah, it, w- it wasn't bad. You had two guys who were pretty, very fantasy relevant. You had Rashard Matthews, who was a top 20 wide receiver with 945 yards and nine touchdowns. And you had Delaney Walker, who had 800 yards and seven touchdowns, and that made him tight end six. But that was the only time in Marcus Mariota's career that we saw two players really be fantasy relevant in the same year. And Jamie's here. What's up, man? Yo. Fun. Did you have fun tonight? 
Oh my God, it was awesome. It really Such was. It really was. The only the only problem with the draft was no running back was taken in the first round. So I lost uh, the bet. You lose, I win. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, you thought there was going to be a running back taken, Adam? Mm, no, not really. But I decided I made the bet anyway. So I, get, I get to give away five pot spots. In five. Podcast. Jeez. <laughs> uh, Jamie, I just asked Dave. He said Traylon Burks was the answer. Best draft pick for fantasy purposes. We're going to talk about the the two Browns being traded right after this, but. Uh, for the rookies, best draft pick for fantasy purposes. I, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm torn between uh, Traylon Burks and Drake London. You know, I just think they're both in in great spots. And um, you know, look, Marcus Mariota, not the best quarterback. Obviously, Ryan Tannehill, not the best quarterback. They both step into just unbelievable opportunities. Um, clearly, Traylon Burks run first team. You know, Derrick Henry and and, and what they're going to do getting him back. Um, the Falcons, you know, with Kyle Pitts there and, and probably the the target leader. So. Uh, I'll, I'll say Drake London to be different, but you know, I, I like the setup for both these guys. You know, I, I think they're both, uh, had the opportunity to be the best receiver in, in their respect in this class. Um, and you know, we'll, we'll find out who's going to be better, um, you know, by the end of the year and certainly by, you know, by the end of their careers. But, uh, I, I have no problem. You know, you want to go Burks one, uh, you know, but I'll just say London to be different. I think they're one and one. A. Okay. Do you, do you have a decision on who do you like third? And I wonder if it's the same name again. Uh, it's Chris Olave for me right now. Yep. Um, you know, yep. just, just the, the scenario with the, with the saints. Um, you know, I'm, I'm certainly intrigued by, by Jamison Williams. You know, I, I like the setup, you know, for him long-term. Um, but you know, again, it, 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 the thing about all these guys is, and I'm sure you, you, you know, you both feel the same way. It's the quarterback situation just aren't the best. You know, you, we, yeah. we were hoping, you know, the chiefs or the Packers would have pulled the trigger on somebody. You know, and, and, and for me, you know, I, I would like to see the Packers. They've been linked to George Pickens, you know, so that's something I would like to see happen. Uh, Christian Watson, um, Sky Moore, you know, there's there's an opportunity for a lot of guys. Alec Pierce, you know, uh, Dave and I yes. are very high on him. Um, you know, so there, there are a lot of guys still out there that can end up in some great situations. Uh, but I think, you know, Chris Olave going to the Saints and, and just being opposite Michael Thomas, paired with Jameis Winston, um, you know, they – they, they seem to have him in, in, you know, pretty high standing where they took him. So I, I like that for him. Thomas tweeted that this was a year in the making. I don't know if I believe that, but obviously these two are are close and Olave does give a different element than Michael Thomas to that offense. He's a good accelerating receiver. When Jameis unloads those deep passes, Olave will be at the other end of almost all of them, I think. So I'm, I'm excited about him at three. Uh, I'll round it out. I've got Garrett Wilson fourth, Jameis Williams fifth, Dotson last. By the way, since that 2014 NFL draft, the best one for wide receivers ever, the top rookie wide receiver has been the has been one of the first six selected. Okay. I it was Beckham was third, Amari Cooper, Michael Thomas was sixth, Juju Smith Schuster was sixth, Calvin Ridley, AJ Brown was fourth. Um so it's it's been top six, and that's exactly how many guys went in the first Jefferson round. Jefferson was six or seven. Jefferson was five, I think. Been five. I think Rager was four, and Jefferson was five. Um, I think Ayuk was six. Jamar Chase was obviously one. I'll double check on Jefferson. Jamar Chase I, was not one different class. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I know, I, but he was the best. In oh, in his class. Yeah, I'll double check on Jefferson, but I'm pretty sure he was one of the first. No, that makes sense. Selected. It was uh, it was Rugs, Lamb, Judy. Judy. Rager. Oh, no, Ruggs, Judy, Lamb. Yeah, Ruggs, Judy, Lamb, Rager, Jefferson, I think. So it's always been one of the first six. Uh, The last time it wasn't was Keenan Allen in 2013. He was the eighth wide receiver drafted. And Traylon Burks was the sixth one off the board today. 
So uh, let me just promote our programming for next week. <laughs> it's a busy week. We've got a bunch of shows. We got quarterback ranking updates on Monday, running backs on Tuesday, Wednesday, wide receivers, Thursday. What do you think's on Thursday, everybody? Uh, tight end rankings. And then Friday, our favorite mid-round picks and a rookie mailbag. And in addition to those five podcasts, we have a YouTube live stream for all of you right now on YouTube, youtube.com slash fantasy football today. Be here Tuesday, 1 p.m. Eastern for a live mock draft. That's all coming up. Five episodes plus a live mock draft next week. All right, let's talk about uh, these rookie, uh, these veteran wide receivers. The Eagles getting A.J. Brown from the Titans for the 18th and 101st picks. And the Eagles then signed Brown to a four-year, $100 million deal with $57 million guaranteed. And then Arizona acquiring Marquise Brown. How pissed is Debo Samuel right now? <laughs> Just wait, be patient, I guess, Debo. Uh, the Cardinals getting Marquise Brown and a third-round pick for the 23rd pick. And it's really interesting. I mean, Devontae Adams signs that contract, and the dominoes just fall of all these teams just not being able to pay their wide receivers. And Who signed the contract? Devontae Adams. Not Christian Kirk? No, Devontae Adams. Okay. All right. But Fine, Christian Kirk. But Devontae Adams, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> okay, value up. The, bar- the bargain that the Browns got. With Cooper. Cooper. Yep. Yeah. For right, now. Let's uh let's play Cooper holds out or something. Yeah. Let's play value up, down, or the same. Value up, down, or the same. AJ Brown to the Eagles. Down. Down a tad. Jamie, down a tad or down a lot? I mean, you know, the 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 guy is basically like ten through fifteen or around the same, so I'll be in that range. Closer to fifteen. Does he get into round three now? Yeah, for sure. Would you rather have T. Higgins or A.J. Brown? Higgins. I have Brown. Huh? <laughs> Would you rather have Amari Cooper or A.J. Brown? Let's just, let's just for now assume no suspension for Deshaun Watson. Brown. I mean, uh, no, Cooper, I'm sorry. If no suspension. Dave? It's Brown. Okay. Uh, Twitter says value down 50%. Value I saw up. I, read, uh, I read Chris Towers write up. He has uh, A.J. Brown 19 among wide receivers? Yes. No. Right. Well, it could be either one. You never know. Like a guy, you could like it for A.J. Brown. I don't... I, I mean, the Titans have always been a low-pass offense team. I think they were they were 20... The Eagles were worse last year. Yeah, everybody was better than the Eagles. The Eagles were 32nd. I don't see how you trade for A.J. Brown and draft Devontae Smith the year before and, and continue to be 32nd. That would be... Right, it's just a matter of how, how much they improve. So, I, I mean, look, you're, you're still getting... A, a great player in AJ Brown drafting a fantasy. Um, but it's a matter of, you know, how much better is Devontae Smith? How much consistently good still is Dallas Goddard? You know, the run game, it's, it's clearly still, I think going to be, I don't know, the focal point, but a huge priority. I don't think they, they go back to being a pass happy team like they were at the beginning of the season last year. Does Brown give Jalen hurts a reliable the answer is yes. A reliable target inside of 15 yards. Call it a reliable target everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. But certainly in that 10 to 15 yard range. And Smith should have been that that's guy. That's also, you know, it's it's a guy that's going to run still at that position. So, yep. Yeah. Tannehill gets his seven rushing touchdowns every year, too. That's, uh, yeah. And, and, you know, the other thing with AJ Brown is he has a hard time staying healthy, you know. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, does, does that 
factor into it too. You know, I mean, I love AJ Brown. You know, I I hope he's con- continuing to be a great fantasy weapon when he's on the field. But can he be? You know, I mean, if 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 he was still in Tennessee, you know, he he had top five upside. I don't think he has that now. So I think it's a it's a it's a downgrade. However, you want to view it. Okay. All right. We got all, all week to talk about that. Um, how about Marquise Brown? Value up, down, or the same? Crash. Uh, down slightly. <laughs> Is that bad, Dave? Let's see what Twitter said. Twitter said value up 44%, value down 28.5, value the same 27.6. Wow. So, Dave, why so, why so low on Marquise Brown? I don't think he's going to have the same type of target volume that he had last year or toward the end of 2020. I don't think he's going to be a red zone weapon in that offense. I think it's still going to be DeAndre Hopkins. They still have other guys that they're going to want to get involved in that offense. I'm not going to say that Rondell Moore is going to have just as many targets as Hollywood Brown, but he's going to get some, and Zach Ertz is going to get some. And I don't, I just, I don't know if I can look at Kyler Murray and say he's an awesome deep ball passer. And I also the same thing that Jamie said about AJ Brown and his ability to stay on the field. We've seen it with Marquise Brown. And sometimes he's played through injuries and he's done well. And sometimes he hasn't. And we know about the mistakes, the drops that he had last year. I I, I feel like the I know the report said or Brown said that he requested a trade and he wanted to get out of Baltimore. I, I bet the Ravens were relieved that they didn't have to give him the fifth year contract option and I think he's going to be a clear number two receiver in Arizona. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, you know, the, the injury stuff, clearly playing through it. He's played 14 games every year of his career. So, you know, it's hard to say it's the same because A.J. Brown misses games. Marquise Brown doesn't. Um, I, I think, you know, you, you look at he had 140-plus targets last year. A uh, year before that, he was at 100. Um, it'd be a surprise if he's anywhere close to 140 again in this offense. Yep. I, I think, you know... Clearly the loss of Christian Kirk, you know, they, they were going to replace him in some way, shape, or form, whether it was going to be a bigger role for Rondell Moore, which this crushes his value. Uh, how about me in one dynasty league where I have Devontae Smith and Rondell Moore, and I was so excited about hey. those two. <laughs> now I just feel like crap. Um, but I think you look at, uh, you know, A.J. Green clearly on his last legs. Uh, I wonder where DeAndre Hopkins is health-wise. I, I, I know all the reports are, are positive. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury said at the owners' meetings that they expect him to be fine, and he's tweeting videos of him working out in Arizona. So I'm hoping he's fine. But is he the same guy? You know, is he going to, you know, be the same type of playmaker that he's been the majority of his career? Because last year he was touchdown dependent. Um, Last year, first time that he, you know, missed multiple games due to injury. He's coming off, you know, major surgery. And so is DeAndre Hopkins still that alpha that is going to, you know, command the, the, the alpha targets that he's used to? Or is he starting to get to that point in career where you have to worry about a little bit of a breakdown? I hope it's not the latter, but that's still something you have to factor in which I think, you know, kind of speaks to the aggressiveness of what the Cardinals were trying to do. Now, part of this also is they're appeasing their their quarterback here because, you know, they wanted to do something after he, you know, was was kind of public about all these other teams making moves. Um, so I think Marquise Brown, you know, he, he, he was in that borderline, for me at least, you know, wide receiver two, wide receiver three range. Um, now he's clearly entrenched in the wide receiver three range. You know, I kind of view him as just an upgrade over Christian Kirk, which Christian Kirk was essentially a wide receiver three last year. So, um you know, I, I think it's downgrade. Uh, you know, the the passing game should be better for the Cardinals than it is for the Ravens because of how they run the ball. Um, but clearly, like Dave said, he's not going to be the, the focal point of the of the receiving core as long as Hopkins is healthy. All 
if the Ravens go back to what they were the first two years of this Lamar Jackson era, where he was the starter all year, where they were 32nd and 32nd in pass attempts, then Kyler Murray could throw for a thousand more yards than Lamar Jackson and probably the same amount or more touchdowns. So that's the benefit. The pro, you know, Dave mentioned fewer touchdowns for Brown. Uh, Brown has been for three straight years second on the team in red zone and green zone targets. It is it, when they get down there, it is all Mark Andrews and all Marquise Brown. The two of them over the past two years have combined for probably about or more than half of the touchdowns. So that I mean, that's just that's just what he did there. I don't know if he'll do that in Arizona. Um, but uh, let me ask you this: Would you now rather have Marquise Brown or Christian Kirk? Uh, Marquise Brown. I think. I think a better question is Marquise Brown or Rashad Bateman. That was my next Bateman's, question. But. That was my next one. All right. So uh, Bateman or or Brown? Yeah, I'll take the upside of Bateman, but um, I would still take Marquise Brown over over Kirk. As of now, I've got Brown at the bottom of the three. I do have to give Kyler Murray some credit. He was, I think, fifth or sixth in terms of adjusted completion rate on deep passes, fifth last year on passes of 20-plus yards downfield. That's according to Pro Football Focus. I'm looking at our our additional numbers on throws with 20-plus air yards from last year, and he did pretty well on that one too, 79 attempts, seven touchdowns, 1,152 yards just on those deep throws. So if Brown could be flighty, I think you've got to look at him as – I'm going to call him a low-end number three receiver. Okay. He's right on that fence for me. Low-end number three receiver, high-end number four. I think there's upside with Bateman. I think there's upside with Kirk if they throw Kirk into this primary role like they're paying him to be. It, do you think Bateman makes it into round six now? That's probably yeah, a safe he, spot for him. I think he makes it out of round six. They're, they're, uh, what does that mean? In like round seven. After Okay. No, he'll be gone in round six. I, I think... The you got to see what else they do. Yeah. All right. So let's, right. let's, As let's we do sit this here quickly. Now. Go ahead. Go ahead. As we sit here now, are you going to add to that? Or just... No, no, that's it. As we oh, sit here now, oh, okay. it's <laughs> Kirk and then Bateman. They're back to back for me. Uh, and then Hunter. Rank Kirk over Bateman. Bateman. Okay. Yeah. I have Kirk over Bateman for right now. Yeah. I'll, I'll take Bateman. Okay. So uh, let's finish uh, the rest of these quickly here. DeAndre Hopkins value up, down or the same. Down. I think I might have moved him down one spot. Okay. Would you rather have DeAndre Hopkins? I'll take him over, Kirk. <laughs> or Michael Thomas? Thomas. But I had that already. So. I don't have that yet. I still have Hopkins over Thomas. Devontae Smith value down or way down? Uh, down. Crash. <laughs> Not crash, but down. All right. Bateman or Devontae Smith? Bateman. I got Smith. Is the worst. I mean, uh, Devontae is the worst receiver we've talked about so far. I. You mean in terms of losing terms of fantasy value? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's so so. You'd rather have Marquise Brown than Devontae Smith? Yes. Hmm. Okay. You know, I I think that's probably the right way to go about it. Oh man. He's, the problem is, is this? I think Devontae Smith is super talented, right? As a wide receiver, just awesome the way that he plays. But now he's. Yeah, that's fair. So he's now going to be the 1B and maybe even the 1C when you consider Goddard in there on a team that's going to run a lot. So it's it's really hard to see him getting a lot of targets. Rashad Bateman is definitely the 2 on a team that I don't know what they're going to do. Again, 
based on. But if Rashad Bateman is Marquise Brown, then he's better than what Devontae Smith is right now. Which version of Mark? No, not if he, not if he's the 100 target version of Marquise Brown. That was like a top I'll still, I'll 40 receiver. I, I would say his 100 targets will be better than 100 targets for Devontae Smith if Devontae Smith gets 100 targets. Okay. Uh, Rondell Moore. It's so criminal if he doesn't, but <laughs> I get it. Rondell Moore, top 100 pick. No, okay. no. <laughs> uh, the best thing for Rondell Moore at this point would be to to replace Chase Edmonds. You moving Dallas Goddard down in your in your rankings? No. I moved him behind T.J. Hawkinson. Oh yeah, I, I I might have had that already though, so I'll check. Is that just because there's no other good tight end, or because you don't think this affects Goddard that much? I mean, this is still an offense that is going to, you know, lean on that position as much as I think it will, no matter who the receiving core is. I don't know. How does it not hurt Dallas Goddard to bring it's, in? It's going to hurt him, but I don't think it's, you know, he's going from, what was it, probably six snap targets a game to two, four? Six, eight. Okay. Uh, Who do you appreciate? <laughs> Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, how how much are they moving up? Um, a few spots. Hurts moved up. Go ahead, Jim. You go first. I mean, right now I had Kyler seven. I'll probably move him into the top five. Oh, you got to move him ahead of Wilson and Mahomes. You ready for that? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Well, I mean, the thing the thing about it though is is Kyler happy now because they picked up his fifth year option, yeah. and is he going to show up on time? So that's still a little con- little concerning. Uh, Hertz will be behind that group, but he's not far. Dave, how about you? Where are you on Hertz? I moved him ahead of Rogers. That's the only move that I made at quarterback tonight. Okay. And you still have Murray seven. I do. All right. That would be it for the trade. We got to talk about the rookies. So let's do that. Let's rank the rookie wide receivers. I know Traylon Burks, Drake London are going to be one and two for you guys. Here were the six rookie wide receivers taken today. Uh, Atlanta took Drake London eighth. The Jets took Garrett Wilson 10th. The Saints traded up to take Chris Olave 11th. We actually had three picks in a row that were wide receivers. Two of them graduated madness. from Ohio State. One madness. of them, yeah, one of them transferred from Ohio State. So again, I'll start over. Uh, Drake London eighth to the Falcons. Garrett Wilson tenth to the Jets. Chris Olave eleventh to the Saints. Jamison Williams twelfth uh, to the Lions. Also a trade up. Washington that came out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, Washington traded Jahan Do- or acquired, uh, drafted. That's what they did. Jahan Dotson out of Penn State, 16th, and Traylon Burks, 18th overall to Tennessee. So six wide receivers in 11 picks. That was really cool. And let's rank them. Uh, Jamie, you can start. For rookie leagues or for redraft? For redraft for 2022 dynasty. At the- yeah, well. We can do both. Let's let's start redraft. Okay. I'll say London one, Burks two, Olave three, Williams four, Wilson five, assuming Williams is fine. And Dotson six. Oh, poor Garrett Wilson. All right, Dave, how do you see it? Poor Garrett Wilson is right. Uh Burks one, London two, Olave three, Wilson four, Williams five, Dotson is sixth for me also. Okay, so very similar there. London Burks for Jamie. Burks London for Dave. Olave three for both of you. Jamison Williams four for Jamie. 
and then Wilson five and Dotson six. And for Dave, it's Dotson six as well, but it's Wilson. It's uh, Garrett Wilson on the Jets at four and Jamison Williams with Detroit at five. And how many of them do you think cracked the top 100 in drafts? First three. London I think that's Olave. fair. Do you downgrade Michael Thomas at all? Not really. No, but I, I do think Olave will take some numbers away. This is the first guy in a while that's going to be a, a threat to that target share that he has. Mm-hmm. This will this will keep Michael Thomas from getting back to peak Michael Thomas if he was ever going to get there. Okay. Yeah, I think Olave NFL ready. Fair to say. Yeah, pretty close to it. Pretty close to it. Very I, good route I runner. wish he was a little more physical. Yeah, wish he could break tackles and stuff like that. And I just want to say, you know, the, the, that the Packers and the Chiefs they didn't draft wide receivers. They they both had uh, a couple of first round picks. They also have. Two picks, both teams have two picks somewhere in the like 50 to 62 ish range. Easy to move up and draft the wide receiver that they want early in the second round. So that's going to be a big storyline in fantasy on tomorrow's show. And maybe that Packers certainly much more than the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. So, and the Packers went with two defensive players from Georgia today, but they hate Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> if they take Pickens or Watson or Sky Moore or something like that, maybe that guy moves into three, two, four, three at the highest. Um, Pickens, I think it would be Pickens four. would be that guy for me. I think it would be four of the highest, even if it were Pickens. I would be so, I would just bang the drum for that guy over Chris Olave. Like, how good could Chris Olave actually be? As yeah, the, no, I'm with you. Right? Uh, yeah. And London. I, I don't, I don't, I do not, like, I'm going to take the number one guy for for Aaron Rod- I don't know that I'm really going to do this. I, I'm just thinking out loud. I'm just having fun. I mean, you fell for this with Amari Rogers last year. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. That was on a much lower level. Obviously. That was on a but, much lower level. But, and he, and that was, that was before Randall Cobb. The great Randall Cobb came back. But, um, what was I going to say? I was like taking the number one guy for Aaron Rodgers over the number two-ish guy. Is he the number one guy? Yes, I would think so. I would hope so. Over the number two guy for Mariota. You you could be talking literally 20 touchdowns more for, for the Packers than the Falcons. That doesn't mean it's for that guy, though. No, I would assume it wouldn't be for that guy, but, you know. I mean, it, look, it's a strong argument. And obviously, if the Chiefs do the same thing, you know, the, we, as we said about guys who could lose, there's no guarantee that Juju is still the number one guy or Hardman or, you know, Valdez Scaling, whatever you want to, you know, put it if it's a Christian Watson or, or a George Pickens or a Sky Moore. Um, but I think you got to give that player some time to establish themselves with these great quarterbacks. Whereas, you know, at least you're looking at London and Burks, they're stepping into obvious target share. Just, Mm-hmm. You know, opportunity and 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 the talent matches it. You know, so it's not like we're talking about slouches. You know, these two guys were, you know, the, the, depending on whatever rank list you looked at, fantasy or reality, as two of the best receivers in this class. Mm-hmm. So, not that Pickens is not, you know, up there and and Watson as well, but you know, I just think that the the hope would be is that the the talent helps that quarterback. You know, whether it's Mariota or, um, you know, Tannehill helps those guys you know, carry through. All right, we're going to take a break here. When we come back, we're going to rank these wide receivers for Dynasty. 
and then just uh, talk about the rest of round one. We got to talk about Kenny Pickett as well, what that means for Deontay Johnson. And the winners and losers of the veteran receiver spots too. Okay, yeah, we can definitely we can definitely discuss that. Uh, we'll be right back on Fantasy Football Today. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we're back. All right, so we were ranking the rookie wide receivers. We did it in redraft. We like Drake London and and um, Traylon Burks the best, followed by Chris Olave. But if we're ranking them in Dynasty, Dave, how would you rank those six? Take this down in pencil because I am just not sure if I'm going to stick with this or not. I think Jameson Williams could be number one because the Lions are eventually going to get a quarterback. That's an awesome surface. I don't think the Lions are going to stick to always being, you know, a bunch of, you know, running knee biters or whatever. Campbell yeah, wants to yeah. Be. If, <laughs> right. if they got James, if they traded up for Jamison Williams, I think it's with the idea that he ends up being a huge playmaker in that offense. So I, maybe that's me falling for the bait. I like him a lot long term. I like a lot. I like I like almost all the 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 receivers that were drafted except for Dotson long term. And I think Dotson can still be good, but I think he'd be sixth for me. Um, and I, I just I don't know if I can say Garrett Wilson's going to be any higher than fifth, and I love the talent there too. Um, give me Williams one, London two, Olave three, Burks four, Wilson five, Dotson six. In pencil. Okay, Jamie, go for it. Very much in pencil. Yeah, you know, it, Dave said something interesting there about, you know, the quarterback situation for Detroit. London's going to have a new quarterback most likely next year, uh, if not by the end of this draft. Very true. And the same thing could happen for Burks because Tannehill's playing out his deal as well. You know, so all the the – or you know, a few of the top guys, and and who knows what the situation with the Saints is. How about, if they, how, how about all these guys except for Garrett Wilson? That's yeah, I was gonna say. I figure you know, Zach they're, they're all be kind of in that in that boat of yep. of new quarterbacks, and so this could go to your point, Adam. Of you know, is is the guy that could be with Aaron Rodgers for two years, or the certainly the guy that could be with you know maybe Patrick Mahomes for four or five years? Um, you know, is that is that quarterback is that receiver in a better standing? You know, for for dynasty purposes, I, I'll, I'll I'll get to the second, but. 
we're going to have a really fascinating conversation if the running backs end up in crappy situations about who the 101 is. You know, Brees Hall and, and Ken Walker go to, you know, scenarios that, that they're not in great spots, which is the, the fear with this class um, yeah. of not having, you know, top end, top flight caliber player, or a lot of top end, mm. top flight caliber players like we saw last year. But in any, in any event, um, I would still go almost the same order um, uh, with London and Burks first. I'll put Williams third uh, because I agree with Dave. I think he's got the most upside, but I don't know if he'll ever materialize in Detroit. You know, like I think a lot of people would like to see because I don't know if they'll move on from Jared Goff eventually um, if he plays well again um, or as, as quickly as I think we would like. Uh, I'll say Garrett Wilson fourth, um, Alave fifth, Alave fifth, and and then Dotson sixth. Mm, poor Dotson. So yeah, poor Dotson being sixth guy of a loaded class. Yeah, uh, but it, but just. The worst, I guess, situation for him. Uh, Maybe. I mean, that's another surprise. team that could have a quarterback upgrade by next year, too. Yeah, I, just that he has McLaurin. But Who McLaurin, McLaurin right. McLaurin might be, this might be his last year in Washington. Ron Rivera was asked about that, you know, following the A.J. Brown thing. And he said, you know, different player, different situation. But who knows? Mm-hmm. Who knows you, if something comes th- falling this weekend? Do you think Dotson could end up being a number one receiver for Washington someday? For Washington, yes. For fantasy purposes, I don't know. I'm not sure that people feel like he profile. Well, I can tell you, people, right, people are split on he's whether or not he profiles good, but like that. Yeah, he's he's, he's a damn good receiver. Yeah, I just don't know if he can be a number one type. Yeah, well, I mean, we've seen a lot of teams that don't have number one type receivers, so he could by default be that guy. Right. All right. So let's uh, let's play a new game. I'm gonna make it up on the spot. Who are you drafting first? Garrett Wilson or Elijah Moore? Elijah Moore. Moore this year. If we were doing a dynasty startup, Wilson would be ahead of Moore. That's the only one I have for this, so I think this segment is over. Who are you drafting first? Michael Thomas or Terry McLaurin? Thomas, but I was doing that anyway. I think it's probably McLaurin over Thomas. But I'm a I'm an Olave fan. Okay, who are you drafting first? Drake London or Marquise Brown? London. London. Drake London or even in non PPR. How about how about Deontay Johnson? Did he change at all? No. No, I'm happy with what happened to him. Okay, let's talk about that. Let's talk about Kenny Pickett going sure. to the Steelers' 20th overall. Go for it, Dave. I think he could end up being their week one starter. Doesn't mean that he's going to be great for fantasy. Doesn't mean that he's going to be uh, someone that elevates Deontay Johnson to more than what he was, but I think he can be better than Ben Roethlisberger was in 2021, and I think he can be better than Mitchell Trubisky. The fact that they came out and announced at, at the very first press conference, that he's going to compete with Mitchell Trubisky for the starting job kind of tells you everything that you need to know. And I, I think most people know this. Maybe they don't. The Steelers and the Pitt Panthers practice in the same facility. So this coaching staff has watched this kid grow up and develop in Pittsburgh. They know he's capable of playing in Pittsburgh. They're going to put him in their offense. The fact that they got Trubisky, maybe as a placeholder, maybe not, but a mobile type of quarterback, 
Pickett is that guy too, who's got a better arm and probably has better accuracy than Trubisky. That's not saying a whole lot, but it 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 is what it is. I think it'll help Deontay Johnson if they keep Johnson in that same role. I think it's good for him. You didn't ask me this, Adam. I think it's good for Pat Fryermuth as well. When I watched Kenny Pickett, I thought he attacked the middle of the field quite a bit. I am a little bit worried about what it means for Chase Claypool, but I wasn't very high on Claypool anyway. I, I think Pickett landed in probably the one of the best possible spots he could have. I don't think there was any way for Deontay Johnson to get more upside. You know, they're just not going to have a great quarterback situation, right? I mean, unless it'd be a bit of a surprise if Kenny Pickett had a great rookie season. It's just agreed, right? It's, it's hard for most rookie quarterbacks to do it. So I, it was hard for for him to come out as a winner, I guess. But he's not a loser. That's oh, good. he stayed the same. Yeah, I didn't yeah, move him good. up or anything like that. That's good. Um, okay, so where do you have Deontay Johnson in relation to DeAndre Hopkins and Michael Thomas? That that and Terry McLaurin. Ahead of always ahead of them for me, and he's not moving. Yep. I guess the issue is just like, what is his upside? Could he really win you your league? I just that, I have a tough time making a case for for a Steelers wide receiver. I think the thing would be is that Roethlisberger has been so bad in terms of the post elbow injury that you hope that there's more downfield opportunities for whether it was Trubisky, whether it's going to be Trubisky or Pickett, that there's just better quarterback play because you're not looking at a decrepit guy that couldn't move and you know has more arm strength and you know now is going to fit what the coaching staff wants to do as opposed to what the quarterback wanted to do because as Heath has always joked, which is accurate, that Ben Roethlisberger was a de facto offense coordinator because most veteran guys that have played as long as he is and has the resume that he has gets the chance to do that. And so, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm banking on youth. I'm banking on better play from that position. I'm banking on the offense just being better as a whole, the offensive line growing from a year ago with the guys that they had last year, you know? So um, I think Deontay Johnson hopefully will win as just a result of the loss of Roethlisberger. Okay. If his target volume stays the same, then he's got a real good shot to match what he did last year. He was less than one-tenth of a PPR point per game worse than Godwin and Tyreek Hill in 2021. But Heath always makes the point that it's hard. It's kind of hard to expect the target volume to stay the same. And that's why Heath doesn't really like Deontay Johnson comparatively. He had 169 targets last year. He averaged 10 targets per game. And I believe they led the NFL in pass attempts, and that's why Heath always brings up de facto offensive coordinator. They're not going to throw the ball nearly as much without Ben Roethlisberger. That's Heath's theory. And, yeah, just it's hard to expect 10 targets a game. But they also lost Juju. I know he wasn't there for the majority of the season. They lose James Washington. And so right now you're looking at a receiving core that they need to add to. You know, I know Ryan Wilson had them taking quarterback – a receiver, excuse me, I think in round two. Um, so we'll see you know, what they do to to replace those two guys. But, um, I mean, I think Deontay's shown you that he he's he's a playmaker, and I hope that he'll be better as the targets are better, the opportunities are better, even though there'll be less targets. I don't think he's going from 169 to, again, to 100. You know, no. so he's probably in the 140 range. Right, which is still great. You will learn to love that number this year. Okay, let's. Uh, Jamie, did you want to talk about the veteran winners and losers as you saw it? No, I mean you brought up you know a few of them. Elijah Moore, obviously, you know, is not, not in the best situation, but we kind of expected that going in. Um, I, I think this is the you know at least right now for two guys, uh, Alan Lazard and Juju Smith-Schuster, more so Juju. Um, you know, with the fact that they didn't go out and get a a, a first round receiver, and 
Um, you know, as we talked about, you know, on, on the potential guys who can, you know, lose value, uh, Juju ends up so far, you know, night one, very good. And Alan Lazard, you know, for a guy that you can get really cheap still, um, you know, we, we know how Rogers relies on guys that he trusts and Lazard closed the season last year playing at a high level. They're down MVS. They're obviously down Adams. You know, I don't know if a rookie comes in and completely dominates the target share. Uh, should be better than what Lazard gets because I would assume that the, that player has more talent. But, um, you know, you escape the first night without them adding anything. And Alan Lazard, even as the second guy there, could end up as a borderline starter um, as the season progresses in fantasy. I keep thinking about our guy, Alec Pierce, and how how refined of a technician and route runner he was at the Senior Bowl and how he was playing games for Cincinnati. And I wonder if he somehow made it to Green Bay, could he end up being a very, very important part of that offense? Sure. I mean, you know, it's it. The, the, there's still got you know. There's four in my mind: Pickens, Pierce, uh, no five. Excuse me: Pickens, Pierce, Watson, Sky Moore, and I still think uh, Thornton from Baylor. Um, you know, all these guys have an opportunity in the right situation to be. Pretty good fantasy options, you know, so uh, we'll see, you know, we'll see, uh, you, you know, we, we saw some surprises, you know, Jameson Williams for one, we didn't think the Lions were going to be that aggressive to get a receiver. So they'll probably be a team or two. We know now Baltimore is going to be in the market for a receiver. So, you know, that's a team that we're not going to love whoever ends up there because of the target volume, just how they operate their offense. So, you know, there's one in particular, the Titans may, you know, now that they acquired all these picks, uh, they may, you know, add another receiver as well, because the depth there is not exactly great once you get past you know, whatever Robert Woods is and clearly Traylon Burks, you know, so there, there's going to be a team or two that surprises us and, and takes one of these guys. Um, but it would be nice if the Packers um, made a move in the Chiefs as well. I think that uh, right now, obviously, obviously, Devin Singletary is a winner. And it may yep. be that uh, by the time the Bills get to pick 57, Brees Hall's not on the board. and the, or, or Ken, Ken Walker. Walker. Right. So... Maybe or Isaiah Spiller or Isaiah Spiller, right? And the Bills. I, I mean, they might take Spiller. I'm having trouble keeping track of the trades, but I think the Bills gave up one of their picks today in a trade with the Ravens. Yes, they moved up they, two spots. They so. moved up from 25 to 23, and they gave up a fourth rounder, so pick 130 overall. So they have a little bit less ammunition to move up. So. Good day, I guess, for Devin Singletary, but still so much to be determined. Right. The there. thing that's going to be like, you know, what I what I mentioned earlier is like if the Ravens take Brees Hall and then, you know, you end up with like Ken Walker on, you know, I, I don't know, pick a team, you know, that just is is frustrating. And then you're looking at it like Heath's situation, you know, where he <laughs> he made all these moves to get the, the early picks in a rookie draft mm -hmm. and is, you know, like he said on, on the show uh, last week about just looking at the talent, you know, so let's just say Brees Hall goes to Baltimore, which would be a nightmare, um, you know, or, or, or Walker goes to Baltimore, you know, do you still just buy into the talent and hope that talent eventually wins out? Like what happened with Jonathan Taylor? You know, he said he didn't want to fall victim to what happened there where Clyde Edwards Lair had the best opportunity, but Jonathan Taylor was everybody's favorite running back in that class, or at least, you know, among, among the top guys, whereas Edwards Lair was not. Yeah. Um, you know, th this could be, just not the the sexiest rookie draft. I hope that's not the case. I hope we get Brees Hall in a good situation, Ken Walker in a good situation, and then you know you start to see the receivers fall in line of you know Burks, London, London Burks, however you want to you know look at it, Jameson Williams long term, um, Wilson, Olave, all those guys. But 
that one-on-one could be dicey if in fact those running backs are not in good standing. Like I have in, in, in one dynasty league, the fifth pick, it's a super flex league. And it's going to be interesting to see if Kenny Pickett or where eventually, you know, Malik Wolves or Ritter, these guys end up if they go in the first four. Um, because that's what I was hoping for. I was hoping to see one of those quarterbacks go in front of me because I don't need a quarterback, but I definitely need some wide receiver and running back help. And so I hope that happens because I like to see at least somebody that I love fall. I, I, nothing could convince me that the quarterbacks in this year's class are not going to have big NFL impacts more than what we saw tonight. And for one quarterback to be taken, it just does not happen. It is so, so rare. And it should tell you, it should tell you everything you need to know about. Right. But I, I think, you know, like, you know, we, we talked about um, the the Packers or, or the Chiefs trading up, like you said, Adam, in the second round to get a receiver. Like if the Falcons decide that they want to go get Malik Wolf and they trade up somehow or whatever they offer to get into round two, into a spot in round two that, that they feel comfortable or, you know, um, pick a team, you know, that, that you think, you know, the Seahawks, you know, whatever, um, the Panthers, you know, any of these teams that feel like Malik Wills could be that answer. Desmond Riddick could be that answer. Uh, Matt Corral, you know, any, anybody, um, any of those guys, you know, then I think it changes things a little bit. Wills will be the one, you know, I think if you see a team that's aggressive to go get him. Um, right. But, but you know that obviously teams try to trade into the first round to get their quarterbacks, then get that fifth year option. Totally. That's what they, and no, and I, maybe teams tried to do that. I don't know, but obviously it, it didn't happen. The one that seems weird is just because of the player that they took. And obviously the Rams clowned them a little bit, uh, the Patriots, you know, so I would have thought the Patriots could have traded back into round two and, and probably still got the, the guard that they got from Chattanooga. Oh yeah. That was, uh, the one that seemed like, um, well, I got one of the lowest grades, I think, from Prisco. And let's see. that was. I think it was Daniel Jeremiah on the NFL Network said that he had him a, as a mid-round pick. Would you say that was a strange pick? Because his name is Cole Strange. <laughs> yeah. And he went 29th overall. And I know Mel Kuyper compared it to when they took, oh, gosh, uh, a guard. Same thing. Late in the first round several years ago, and they got trashed for it, and he ended up being a really good pick. So, um I think it was them. Oh, anyway, uh, let's. Logan Mankins. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It seemed so weird at the time, and then mm -hmm. that's Mankins what it was. ended up being great. Okay, so I guess we'll just go through the some of the picks here. Let's just talk about the NFL well, draft. Let's, let's, I think we buried the lead a little bit. How happy are you as Giants fan? <laughs> that's not the lead. That is definitely not the lead. Giants did great. Yeah, I knew everybody was going to say that. Giants did great. Jets did great. Eagles did great. Ravens did great. I don't really get into the did great stuff personally because you just, you know, you got to wait a few years. But I think, sure, the Giants should be pretty happy with with who they got. Uh, Thibodeau at five and Evan Neal at, at seven. It's exactly what they needed. They needed a pass Evan rusher. Neal could be the best player in the draft. I just don't understand what happened with Jermaine Johnson because I know yeah. Ryan Wilson and many others had him going fourth to the Jets and he ended up going, I think, 25th to 26th. the Jets. 26th. Mm -hmm. Uh, twenty six to the Jets. This Jets is the yeah. edge. Well, uh, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, right, Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, Jermaine Johnson. That's a hell of a haul, and and trading into the first round to get Johnson at twenty six. But what happened? You know, there's got to be a reason why so many teams passed on him and why he fell. I don't and it's got to be more than just the age, right? He's twenty three, so a little older than you'd like your rookie to be, but. Yeah, I mean, it'll come out. Something will come out on why he did. Yeah, well, 
good for them. And they had three. They ended up with three first round picks. So I hope they make it count. Didn't he? Didn't he transfer from Georgia? Or am I crazy? He was at a junior college, Jermaine Johnson. Okay. Last chance well, I mean, you. you know, the, the one thing would be. Where was that... it, Ben? Last chance you. Oh, right. He was on yeah. last chance you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The one thing would be, though, is that after Tibbs, there was, he was the next pass rusher. Was he? Yeah. 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 Wow. So, I mean, you know, you 20 picks. About needs. <laughs> I, I guess so. That's it's really crazy. strange. That's really he strange. definitely fell. It could be it could be the JUCO thing. It could be that he went to Georgia after JUCO and then left Georgia for Florida State. I don't know. There's there's gotta be something behind the scenes. But but again, it, you know, teams have needs and you know, as good of a pass rusher as he may end up being, teams could regret passing on him. It wasn't like they were taking other pass rushers ahead of him. You know, that that to me is kind of telling. I'm looking at a list here of teams that have had three first round picks recently. The Raiders were terrible. The Giants in 2019 and the Raiders in 2019. The Giants took Daniel Jones, Dexter Lawrence, who's solid, and DeAndre Baker, who they basically kicked off the team, and he's now with the Chiefs. The Raiders took... The Raiders had one of the worst drafts ever. They traded Khalil Mack. Okay, they took Josh Jacobs, Jonathan Abram, and who else? Oh, and uh, Cleveland Farrell at four. The Browns had a good one, right? This was Miles Garrett, eh, Miles Garrett, Jabril Peppers, solid player, and David Njoku. You know, no problems with that. Yep. So, yeah. Are those guys still on the team? Yeah, and Peppers is on the Patriots now, and yep. he's he's a, he was a good player. He was traded to the Giants in the Beckham trade. There are more. I won't go through them all. Uh, anything else, Dave? Anything else stand out to you? No, just a a draft that. Didn't have that top-heavy superstar. Didn't have a lot of great quarterbacks. Still proved to be very entertaining. Lots of exciting fantasy storylines to move forward with. Uh, and just the fact that wide receivers are now moving in these huge blockbuster deals just adds another element to football and to fantasy every single offseason. <laughs> Dave, so people think you're tired in the chat. Get Dave a Red Bull. All right. <laughs> Dave's sleeping. I've been uh, I've been in and out of the office since seven forty five this morning, Ooh. and it's now oh nine. Ooh, that's tough. So, last thing here, uh, any any thoughts on offensive line? You had Iquanu going to the Panthers at six, Evan Neal to the Giants at seven, and he might play guard, but probably right tackle. Charles Cross to fill in at left tackle for the Seahawks, who are in negotiations with Dwayne Brown. They're, you know, they're incumbent from last year. Then you had Houston taking Kenyon Green. He can play tackle or guard at 15th overall. Chargers taking a very versatile offensive lineman, Zion Johnson, at 17. Love that pick. Trevor Penning. They might have the best offensive line in football. It would be great if, if they hit another home run here. Uh, Trevor Penning. Awesome. That's the Chargers we're talking about. Trevor Penning going to the Saints. He'll be there. Yep, that's a good pick. Could be their left tackle on day one. They need one. Um, Tyler Smith could play right tackle for the Cowboys. He went 24th. Smart pick. Tyler Linderbaum, 25th to the Ravens. Cole Strange, 29th to the Patriots. Strange pick. Strange pick, yeah. Okay, we'll see what happens. Stranger Things 5. Stranger Things 5 coming out. Uh, Stranger Things 4 coming out yes, soon, right? Yes, Stranger Things 5. Yeah, that's Stranger Things 5. Gotcha. All right, everybody. Thanks for being with us. For the for you YouTubers, it's 110 in the morning. we just keep talking. We can get to round, round two. Round two. Yeah, we're going to do a live show for round two. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, that's it for tonight, everybody. In fact, if you're on YouTube, you can hop on over. We're going to do Fantasy Football Today in 5 now for Dave and Jamie and Draggy B. Thanks for staying up late, guys. I'm going to talk to you tomorrow to recap rounds 2 and 3. See you then. i got to hit this button here. See you then. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.